Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. You can also find us on all of your favorite social media platforms. Uh, If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. If you want to give us a shout, uh, drop us a line, complain about our picks, whatever you want to do. Uh, We've got a great show lined up for you guys today. Uh, We're starting off with March Madness. Everything you need to know about betting the NCAA tournament, who to pick, uh, what patterns to follow, uh, what to look for when deciding your bracket and your plays when it comes to the tournament. Uh, College basketball, really fun this year. There's a lot of teams kind of in the mix for that top seed overall over the weekend. A lot of big upsets. Three of the top four uh, projected number one seeds all falling. Uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, San Diego State all losing. So it's really uh, shaping up to be an interesting uh, stretch down the pipe. Even though I will say Baylor lost to Kansas, which uh, is the number one seed in their own right. Uh, We're also talking NBA with Tony T. Uh, more than halfway done with the NBA season. Who are the teams that we can trust when it comes to uh, betting and betting against the spread? And we're talking some totals as well. Some of these totals are climbing into outrageous, outrageous uh, numbers. Like 240, it seems really high, but some of these teams are scoring a lot of points. Like uh, one of the games we're, we're covering today, uh, Bucks and Wizards, the total's 240 and a half. But guess what? The last time they met, the score was 151 to 131. Yeah, if you do, if you do math, yeah, that's a really high total. Uh, so we've got a lot to get to, a lot of basketball, going to be fun. We're back after the break talking NCAA March Madness betting tips on picks and parlays. Stick with us. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We're here every weekday if you want to join us for some sports betting uh, action and analysis, talk, everything you want to know about this week's games. we got you covered. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. Uh, check me out on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger, if you want to drop me a line or a parlay. Big fan of those. Right now, we're diving into some college basketball because March Madness is right around the corner. And you guessed it, we're talking about betting in the NCAA tournament. Craig Trapp is joining us uh, for some March Madness talk. How are you doing, Craig? Yeah, exciting uh, weekend, just a few weekends before March Madness. And what a better time to start thinking about how we're going to make money uh, with the big dance coming up. Uh, we talked about futures a couple weeks back. Maybe it was a couple weeks. Maybe it was just a week. 
And I remember you talking about Creighton. Wow, what a pick. Uh, the value on uh, the future for them has to be getting even better because they've had quite the run as of late. They just beat Butler by 22 today. Uh, they've got three big-time road wins, uh, beating Nova, Seton Hall, and Marquette all on the road. Uh, so they're one of the teams to watch. Uh, what else uh, are we thinking when it comes to March Madness and some of the strategies and how to bet it and maybe some teams that uh, people aren't thinking about? Well, first of all, I always say the NCAA bracket process is unbelievable. We all get uh, excited about it. Everybody fills out the brackets, and that is fun to do. But it, you got to put that that's separate betting than betting as far as against the spread, uh, betting uh, you know money line against the spread or totals on an individual game basis. So I always say scrap the brackets when it comes time to place your bets for the you know opening uh, week, uh, four days of the tournament because you can really go crazy if all of a sudden you start following your bracket because you pulled a couple big upsets and now you, you're putting uh, some crazy money on that. So for number one, I always say scrap the brackets, put the brackets aside. Not saying don't do one. I do one. Everyone does one. Um, submit them. You know, you can go uh, what undefeated and win a million dollars from, uh, uh, you know, some of these places that you can submit them. But don't go crazy when it comes to betting your brackets. Do you bet the NCAA tournament any differently than you do some of uh, these day to day games? Is there anything different? Obviously, uh, we've seen in the past some of these Cinderella teams coming out of nowhere to beat uh, some of the big teams. And it's a little different than uh, the playoffs in other sports and that some teams. The, the little Cinderella schools can come out of nowhere and beat these huge blue blood teams, uh, not like football where Alabama's not going to get beat by uh, Seton Hall or whoever these schools are. Uh, how do you bet differently when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, I have uh, you know three words I live by uh, come NCAA tournament time. Underdogs, 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 because very seldom – uh, can you make money just betting the favorites come NCAA tournament time? Now, that's always the case for us handicappers. You probably bet more underdogs than you do favorites. But in the NCAA tournament, it's even more likely, like you say, you see the big number, you know, the big schools get beat by the, the smaller schools. The Loyola Chicago that had an unbelievable run uh, a few years back. You have uh, the VCUs of past George Mason. We've seen it. It happens over and over. And even when they don't win, a lot of times they cover. So I always, uh, every game I look at, I'm looking for the underdogs, especially when it comes to, uh, like you said, the big conferences versus smaller conferences, because the mid-major uh, conferences that maybe go overlooked in the regular season, now they have their chance. Usually those are the top teams from their conferences. Usually they've won the, the conference tournament and they know how to win come tournament time. And I love betting those um, smaller conferences versus the big conferences. And that usually leads us to underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. Right. And that's kind of twofold in the fact that you get more value uh, when you're placing your money on teams that aren't the Blue Bloods. And uh, get this stat, only two number one teams uh, who are ranked number one at the end of the season have gone on to win it all uh, in the last 24 years. So uh, it, it gives you a grain of salt with some of these rankings and some of these schools that are ranked number one going into the tournament. Number one doesn't always win. And obviously you're not going to get good value with that. Yeah, I mean, that's an exceptional part of, of, of course, handicapping is what do you think the value, what do you think the number really should be if you took the, uh, you know, the front of the, the teams off the front of the jerseys? And that is, you know, you have to, that's built into the bias, um, you know, so the big schools, the North Carolinas, the Dukes, 
Michigan State's, all those big names, UCLA's, they get extra points. Sometimes as a favor, most times as a favor, sometimes even as an underdog. So you have to take that into consideration. And that's why underdogs do so much better come NCAA tournament time. What else do you look for when you're looking for teams that might make a deep run in the tournament? Uh, we saw in baseball this season that sometimes it's not always the team that's best on paper, but the team that gets the hottest. We saw it with the Washington Nationals uh, in the middle of the season. They weren't even projected to make the playoffs, but then they won it all just because they got hot at the right time. Uh, is that the case sometimes uh, in March Madness? Is that something you look for, recent form? Well, absolutely. I mean, we saw it, um, you know, with Carmelo Anthony going all the way back to when Syracuse, they got hot at the end of the year, stayed hot, ended up winning it all. So um, I think teams that are run through conference tournaments, we saw it with UConn the year they won it all with Kemba Walker, teams that uh, get through the conference tournaments. I think even Louisville, one of those years that they won the national championship, uh, won their conference tournament. So I love teams that come off of conference tournament wins. Um, the one worry uh, can be a little bit uh, worrisome as you play so many games in a short amount of time. So you might have to play three games the week before, have uh, you know four days rest, and then you have to play two games in a three-day period the opening week of the tournament. So always be careful with those teams, but those teams always uh, seem to, to do well for me. Uh, unfortunately, those usually end up being favorites. So as far as against the spread betting, you have to be a little careful there uh, because sometimes because they have such good recent form that the lines are way inflated. We've talked about this before in the fact that you like teams with good guard play. Uh, are there any other patterns or things that you see in coming with teams that you really like uh, heading into the tournament? Yeah, I mean, to me, there's two things. With good guard play, you get usually experience. Usually those come off of very experienced teams. And then I love uh, uh, experienced coaches. Uh, we've seen it over and over. Rick Pitino was unbelievable in the tournament. Of course, Tom Izzo has been really good in the tournament as a good, as a top seed. And even as a lower seed, we've seen him uh, show up and get all the way to the final four. So when I'm, when I'm talking about betting, and that's against the spread betting that we're talking, I love experienced uh, guard play, experienced teams, and experienced coaches that have proven track records come the NCAA tournament time, um, especially if they're underdogs. I really, uh, then that takes me, uh, gives me a second look. So I'm looking at an underdog that has experienced guard play and and usually what I would consider a coaching edge if you just say the teams are even, which coach would you take? If those are underdogs, I'm usually, those are usually some of my top plays, especially uh, the first opening uh, four days of the NCAA tournament. How much value do you place on, uh, there's not a home team in these games. Uh, they do have regions where it's a little bit of a closer drive for some of these teams. Uh, but it is a neutral side. How does that impact uh, the way you bet some of these games? Well, it's funny because you can be a little crazy because sometimes just because, say, uh, you know, uh, Duke is playing um, in North Carolina somewhere. But guess what? A lot of people don't like Duke that, that are not from Duke. If, you know, the Duke fans are actually going to root for their teams. But the other teams actually start rooting for the underdog. Um, so you can get maybe a little too much, a little too carried away, especially the opening two days when you're going to have a much uh, more divided crowd than you will say, you know, sweet 16 and, and uh, the final four. How much stock do you put in teams that play well on the road? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Creighton has three really solid road wins, uh, Villanova, Seton Hall and Marquette. And they just beat Butler. I don't know if that was on the road or not, but still a good road team. How much stock do you put in that? It doesn't really concern me, um, especially because I just think 
being good on the road and being good at neutral sites sometimes can be two totally different things. I, I would much rather see teams that did well in the early season in these neutral site uh, tournaments that we see, in, you know, either in Maui or the Atlantis down in the Bahamas. I like that. Also, they were good, like we said, in conference tournaments, and that leads you to the hot teams. I love, uh, I love those type of teams. But to me, I, I would uh, those teams usually usually get way overplayed. So sometimes you have to look at the value on that one. All right, we're going to wrap up our March Madness talk. Uh, thanks, Craig Trapp, for joining us. Also, your Dayton pick uh, is a long shot looking pretty good. They've won 16 in a row. Uh, we're talking more college basketball after the break on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger, if you want to drop me a line, a pick, or a parlay. I'm open to all of those. Right now, we're jumping back into even more college basketball because it is that time of year. Uh, we've got Sean Higgs joining us to talk uh, some of these daily games, not just the tournament, because there is basketball going on right now. You don't have to just do a, a bracket and uh, jump in when it's March. You can do stuff now. How you doing, Sean? How are your plays going? Not too bad, not too bad. And yes, March 3rd, conference tournament startup. So the madness is just, uh, what, a week and a half away? Right around the corner, right around the corner. Conference tournaments, Man. March 3rd. We got three of them starting up. It's crazy. February flies by. I feel like January just creeps. And then February, obviously, it's a shorter month. I know, but. Well, we got an extra <laughs> day this year. <laughs> Do we have a leap year? Is Isn't it the 29th? Yeah, I think there's a 29th, yeah. Oh, I, I haven't even cares. I just, I just like, it's just nothing going on in February. So let's just move on to March Madness. And then we got baseball. And then, then you got preseason football. And then it's August. You know, it's Christmas time. Yeah. You're getting, uh, you know, the Christmas tree ready. And you're the new sweet little baby girl's going to have a nice little Santa outfit on. It'll be fun. <laughs> wow. We've got a synopsis of the entire year in 10 I'm seconds. I'm ready. I'm ready for 2021. It's right, it's right around the corner. <laughs> you're going to blink. It's going to be. We just started in 2020. <laughs> I, I gotta, All right. I gotta, I block it off in Paris. So to me, it's really like mid-August right now to me. Right now, I'm getting, getting ready for a new school year with my kids. All right, we've got to reel you back in because we've got to talk a little uh, college Let's hoops. Let's start in the ACC with Louisville, Florida State. Uh, Florida State home favorites in this one minus two and a half. Total is one forty-one. Uh, Louisville twenty-three and five on the season, fourteen, thirteen, and one against the spread with wins over North Carolina and Syracuse. But before that, they lost to some bad teams, Clemson and Georgia Tech. So, who do we like in this one, or what is the play? Well, you know, Florida State's going for the sweep here. They beat them fifty um, seventy-eight, sixty-five in Louisville. Yep, and that's what happens. You shoot fifty-five percent, and the home team shoots thirty-eight percent. You're going to win a lot of games. Uh, again, these guys, Louisville sitting on top of the ACC, they got half game leads over Duke and Florida State. I don't know, though. Um, for me, I'm going to go look at the revenge angle. Louisville's still a, a, a top team. I don't throw much into the credence. You know, you see numbers in front of teams, but this is still a really good team. Florida State, 14 row undefeated at home. I get it, but I'm going to lean one. I like the under. Louisville's going to bring the defense. We know that. Uh, I don't think they're going to shoot. 38%. I don't think Florida State's shooting 55%. We're going to get more of a uh, like a regular kind of game here in the 40s. But I'm going to go under the 141. Actually, I think I see 140 and a half right now. So 
touch that a notch, but maybe even a little lean on Louisville. I think Louisville's going to split the series. When teams are really good, you know, they're going to split out. Let's be honest. You know, it's really tough to just beat up on really good teams. And these are two premier teams. Let's not uh, kid ourselves. These guys could be in the final four in a month from now, month, whatever it is. So I'm going to lean on the cards, but I'm going to play on the under here, get the best number. Again, I said it's tricking down here to 140 and a half, but let's go under, under in Florida State, Louisville. Right. The thing that stuck out to me that you kind of touched on uh, was the last time that they played, Florida State shot 47% from the three-point line. That's outrageous. And they shot 55% uh, field goal percentage. I mean, they were shooting the lights out. That's good to do at home. Do it on a road against a uh, normally tough defensive team. So that's that's tough to repeat, tough to repeat there. So that's why I basically like the uh, under here. I don't think you'll see that kind of shooting from either team. I mean, that's those are rarities against top 10 teams to come out and shoot like that. I mean, 47% from three? Mm-hmm. Come on, what is this? You know, it's this is ACC basketball. This isn't them playing uh, Mount St. Mary's on uh, November <laughs> 19th or something. You know, this is, also- is top tier basketball. Also, you mentioned Florida State is undefeated at home, 14-0, which is yeah. uh, incredible. But they're only 6-8 and eight against the spread at home, which is uh, what we're playing on. Because, uh, yeah, you can win, but you might not cover, even though it is a, a small number. Uh, it is a small number. On. And you look into those things, though, before, you look at the spreads, people. Look at some of these numbers. I mean, a lot of times they might be laying big double digits to teams. So you got to take those with a grain of salt. You got to see kind of how the numbers play into that. Like at a two and a half, if you like Florida State here, I'd say bet the money line because it's everyone thinks it's going to be a close game. It could be a bucket game. So at two, two and a half, if you want Florida State, I'd say money line. But I'm dogging it up here. Let's go. All right. Let's move on to West Virginia, Texas. Uh, West Virginia favored. Uh, in this one, minus four and a half. Total is 127. Uh, Texas is averaging just 64 points per game. Five and ten yeah. against the spread at home. Not great. Uh, they've covered in the last two with two wins straight up, most recently with a win over K-State as yep. a five and a half points underdog. What's the play on this one? Yeah, two straight wins, K-State and TCU. They finally scored some points, putting up 70 in both of those games. But prior to that, in four straight, they didn't get more than 57 points, and that includes getting smacked in West Virginia by 38 and losing by 29 to Iowa State. Obviously, some problems here. I think uh, Shaka for Texas, Shaka Smart, I don't know if he's going to make it through next year. This is it. I think he's going to be out. I think Texas will probably make a change. It's tough. I, I like West Virginia. I like the Huggy Bear. It's tough laying a four and a half here. These guys can't hit free throws or threes. They can't. They're they're bad shooting. I see sixty percent free throw shooting. I just lose my mind. I mean, how hard is it? This is a shot that, you know, my twelve year old sits and their basketball coach in rec league makes him shoot you know, until they hit five in a row. You know, I mean, come on, guys, hit a free throw. So that's a little worrisome when I take a road phase, especially in conference play. But the way they play defense, top notch. West Virginia always brings it. The lack of scoring, even though they did put up seven in the last two games overall on the season, Texas has not been scoring well. So, West Virginia, right to ship. You got to get back on the track here. You're a good team. Tournament's coming up. Get some wins under your belt. You're supposed to beat bad teams. Texas is not a good team. Let's go, West Virginia. We'll lay the uh, four and a half. Total-wise, I don't know. I kind of like the under, but 125 is a low one. I don't think it's going to be a uh, – yeah, that, uh, that's really close to number. I'll, I'll stay away from that, but definitely West Virginia four and a half here for me. 
All right, next up, we've got Nebraska and Illinois. Uh, the Fighting Illini are minus 13 and a half in this one. Total is 144 and a half. Uh, Illinois coming off a big win over number nine Penn State to snap a four-game losing streak. But speaking of losing streaks, Nebraska has lost 11 in a row. Uh, granted, they don't have to win this one to cover, but uh, is 13 and a half too many points to give this terrible Nebraska team? Oops. There, just Nebraska, two and thirteen in Big Ten play, and Northwestern one and fifteen. I mean, are you kidding me? They talk about this Big Ten like it's the best thing since sliced bread. Two teams contributed twenty-eight wins to all the other teams in the conference. Terrible. <laughs> I, I'm going to lay the big. I, it's it's. I, I've talked about this. They're talking about ten teams. I, I wrote them all down in their conference records. Okay, I'll be happy if Rutgers makes it a five hundred record in Big Ten. They just, you know, good for them. But Nebraska. High hopes to start the year. They're supposed to be better. A train wreck. Illinois, on the other hand, 12 and 21 last year. They're going to flip that record. They're 17 and 9 right now. I'm going to lay it. I'm going to lay it a big number. It's not like they have a big game on deck, uh, Northwestern on deck. As I said, 1 to 15 in Big Ten play. That's a game we might want to look to fade next game up because they got Indiana in a revenge spot. Here, take care of business. You're healthy. You're playing well. I mean, these guys ran off seven straight in Big Ten play in January. So, they're capable. When they're on, they're on. They're as good as anybody in the country. So I think with everybody back here, two bad teams coming in, take care of business, slate a big number here. Illini, let's go. All right. And finally, we've got Oklahoma State and Kansas. Kansas, big favorites in this one, minus 15. Uh, total is 134. Uh, the last time we talked, you took Kansas over Iowa State to cover another big yep. number. I believe it was uh, maybe 15 and a half. And they yeah, covered it. Like it. Uh, they yeah, covered they some covered. big spreads. They've covered against Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Texas, all double-digit spreads that they covered. But they are coming off that big win over Baylor. Exactly. Number one team in the country. So uh, the opposite of a look-ahead, I guess, a, a letdown spot. And maybe uh, that's a factor here. And, again, it's like, it, it, is it a square play saying it's a letdown spot? I mean, you're just in a 64-61 battle with Baylor. You got your revenge for a bad home loss. Now you're tied at the top. I mean, Oklahoma State's not a good team, but I don't know if I can lay the 15 here. I think this is a game where they're just kind of like go through the motions a little bit. Again, it's it, it's a cheesy thing to say letdown spot. You're like, well, they want to come out and win. They could still win this game by 12 or 13 points. Doesn't mean they're going to cover a double-digit win. Uh, I think Oklahoma State's going to want to show up. They're having a bad year. Why not come in and try to play the number one team in the country pretty tough? I'll, I'll take I'll take the 15 with the dog here. I think it'll only go up to, I think people probably take Kansas. They love Kansas. They see the big number one in front of them. That'll be when the new rankings come out. So I'm going to dog it up here. Kind of a square play in betting circles when you have the whole letdown and, you know, you just play a good team. But that's that's the way I'm looking at it. I mean, come on. How, where's the emotion after that game? That's a huge win. Nowhere to go but down after that. So I reluctantly taking a 15 here with the dog, you know, but again, it's going to be a TV game. You're playing against a top team. Play up a little bit. You're having a terrible year. You never know. We saw San Diego State got knocked off at home. We saw Gonzaga lose. We see Duke lose. Teams lose sometimes. You never know what's going to happen. It's been a wild year. Like Craig, Craig hit it on the head. It's been a crazy year, and it's only going to get wilder as March approaches. So let's dog it up here. Plus 15. Right. And plus, uh, what does Kansas even have to prove? I mean, they can obviously they need to win it, but they've almost wrapped up a number one seed by beating Baylor. So I'm not sure 
what they have to prove here. Uh, I guess we're running out of time. Sean Higgs, thanks for joining us. So always good, good, good stuff. Thanks When it comes to college we'll basketball, when we get back from the break on picks and parlays, we're talking NBA on picks and parlays. Stick with us. And we are back on Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find if you want to tune in that way, or if you want to check us out, drop us a line. Uh, also, you can visit our website, picksandparlays.net, for all of your sports betting needs. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and so far on the show, we've covered quite a lot of basketball college hoops to be exact right now we're moving on to nba it is mid-season i guess it's past mid-season we've already had the all-star break uh we're starting to figure out who uh who of these teams are real who are pretenders uh and who uh, we can trust with our money right now we're joining we're joined excuse me by tony t out on the west coast tony t how you doing yeah, I'm doing well, Chelsea. You know, I know in your open, you talked about all these totals of the numbers up so high. And, uh, you know, what's happened in this league, it's become a younger league. We're seeing players come in the NBA at 18 and 19 year olds, and they're getting a lot of minutes. Their bodies aren't fully developed for a physical type of defense. So the coaches say, well, for us to be competing with these young guys in their early, early 20s, in their late teens, let's run, the, let's run up and down the court, create a fast pace, and run out these 30-somethings out of the league. And this is what you're seeing here is just fast-paced basketball, not a lot of defense, and a lot of coaches forgiving their young stars for not defending. That's why we're seeing these totals. And, of course, the three-point shot creates long rebounds and, of course, fast breaks on the other end of the court. Right. It's a completely different brand of basketball than it used to be. We're seeing uh, not only a lot more threes, but a lot of almost half-court threes. Guys are taking threes. Uh, it's just heat checks all over the place. Uh, and as you mentioned, these totals are looking outrageous, but just when they look outrageous, uh, they hit the over. Uh, speaking of, let's start with the Bucks and the Wizards. Uh, the Bucks are favored minus 12 and a half on the road. Uh, the total is 240 and a half. 240 and a half. That's a lot of points. But as I mentioned in the open, the last time these teams met, it was 151 to 131. Uh, so um, are you leaning on the total or do you like the spread in this one? You know, I mean, it's a lot of points to lay with Milwaukee where, you know, this is going to be a back-to-back -back spot for Wizards. They just gave 73 points in the first half against a, a Bulls team without their scores in the lineup. So this tells you how bad it's gone for Wizards this, this year defensively. But I'm going to go ahead and lay the 12 or 12 and a half with these Bucks that they've won eight of their past 10, each win coming by 11 or greater points. That's the key. They are just pounding teams. You know, since the break, the Bucks go in Detroit, win by 20, then beat the 76ers by 21 at home. Their offensive form is good. This is what you want to do when you're laying points. Make sure the team can play defense. They are. You look past five games, 42%, 31% from three. Of course, the Bucks with a day of rest facing teams with no rest. Uh, they've covered five of seven. Number one in defensive efficiency are, are the Bucks third offensively. And look at the Wizards last in defensive efficiency in the league. I'm just, you just got to lay the points with Milwaukee. I, I, I laid it with them on that Saturday game against Philadelphia. So as long as they're pounding teams, uh, I'm just going to continue with them. Right. They've covered in seven of their last eight games. So uh, recently they've been a good team to bet on. Uh, let's move on to the Knicks and the Rockets. The Rockets are favoring this one minus 14 total is 229 and a half. Uh, as we've mentioned on the show plenty of times, the Rockets have really embraced small ball. Uh, they don't have a, a starting player that's over what six seven or six six james harden's been doing a lot of the jump balls 
Uh, however, they're six and two against the spread in their last eight, and they're uh, the NBA's second highest scoring offense. So who do we like in this one? The Rockets or the Knicks, who have been a dismal team overall, 17 and 39, 17 and 39. Uh, but against the spread, they have a winning record. Yeah, I mean, that's true with this small ball. I know it's a family show. I won't, I won't use your nickname, but you know, this small ball that the Houston Rockets are playing here. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I know I got to check out a chalice on that one. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Knicks here plus the 14. You know, they've covered five of their past six visits to Houston and covered five straight on the road with a straight up win in Indiana. But you know what? This could be a real flat spot for Houston, you know, coming off, you know, coming in against an Eastern Conference team after, you know, after uh, picking up wins by 30 at Golden State, 10 at Utah, you know, looking at the Rockets defensive form, you know, look at their past five games allowing 49% shooting. You know, Houston, since going to that smaller lineup, they're getting beat, it, beat up night in and night out on the glass. At some point, that's going to cost them. Here with that combination of poor defense, poor rebounding, covering a huge spread could be problematic here. I'll go ahead and take the 14 with New York in this one. You say this is a family show, but I don't know if it is. Have you heard what Chip says on there sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's yeah, not I, I know. Chip's on a different planet. Sometimes Chip's on a little different planet once in a while. It's his birthday today, by the way. Happy birthday to Chip. I got that Facebook notification that it's his birthday. Oh, a fellow Pisces. My birthday was last week. Uh, <laughs> it's funny how some people really take a, a lot of account into zodiac signs. Uh, I'm going to name drop for a second. Hank Aaron, when I met him, I did a story with him. That's the first thing he asked. He was like, what's your zodiac sign? I was like, Hank Aaron just asked for my Zodiac sign. What an odd thing to ask, but he's a fellow Pisces as well. And yes, we just went on a weird tangent and I'll reel it back in. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Suns, Jazz. Jazz are favoring this one. Uh, minus seven and a half. Total is 223 and a half. Uh, Suns 23 and 34 on the year. 26, 30 and one against the spread. They actually have a better record against the spread on the road than they do at home. Uh, the Jazz, one of the better teams in the West, 36 and 20, uh, 20 and 7 at home. Who do we like in this one? Yeah, I'm going to go actually go here with the under 223 and a half. You know, the Suns have played the under in four straight. You know, they have both their two big rim defenders back together. That's DeAndre Ayton and Aaron Baines. Uh, the teams have played the under in four of their past five head to head in Utah. You know, both teams playing their third game in four nights. You know, look at the past two games against contenders. The Suns have been held to just 101 points to Utah. 100 at the Lakers. Utah showing signs of struggling offensively, just averaging 107 points per game in their home losses to the Rockets and Spurs. These are both teams who are not very strong defensively. And the Suns, well, they have not shot the ball well over their past five games, just 43%, but 30% from three. I'm going to go under here, Chelsea, under 223.5 with the Suns and the Utah Jazz. All right, next up, we have the Orlando Magic and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Nets are minus three at home in this one total is 212 and a half as most of you probably know Kyrie Irving now out for the year uh but somehow Brooklyn's been able to cover some of these games as I've noticed they're losing some people money uh but <laughs> who do we like in this one or what's the lane <laughs> yeah I mean I can only look here at Brooklyn minus three it's really tough to back the magic they're nine and 18 straight up on the road <clears throat> they're the worst shooting team in the NBA second worst from three Orlando, they failed to cover seven straight as an underdog after that 16-point home loss at Dallas. That's coming off the break. You look at the defensive form for Orlando, not very good. Last five games, allowing 48% shooting, 39% from three. Yes, Kyrie Irving's out of lineup, but 
you know, they've covered eight of 10 after a 29 a point road win at Charlotte on Saturday. You know, Dinwiddie and company, they just seem to be getting it done. They're distributing the ball. They played the defense. And of course, we knew the, the, the Nets were a very good cover team last year. That was without Kyrie. Kyrie Irving might have, you know, I don't know what his influence was like on the team. Now that he's gone, the Nets are covering like they did last year. Go ahead and I'll go ahead and lay it here with Brooklyn. Right. I think I saw somewhere where the Nets actually have a better record without Kyrie, which yeah. obviously I'm not saying that Kyrie is a bad player, but for some reason or another, they're finding ways to win games and actually cover. Yeah, that's correct. They, they do. And again, again, it comes down to the fact that Kyrie holds the ball quite a bit. He's the focal point of the offense. And I think with this lineup here, you see a little bit more ball distribution. Sometimes the coach can implement his, his strategies, game plans a little more when you basically share the basketball and play as a team. Of course, we know what Kyrie Irving's issues were in Boston last year. That's one of the reasons why they didn't keep him, right? We're not, you know, right now, the, there's really not much tension with the Celtic team. They covered against the Lakers on Sunday. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you, you can see how, how, much, how much better Boston looks right now during this regular season without Kyrie on uh, lineup. And, of course, the Nets covering without him. Well, and also uh, the Celtics have Kemba, who is, I'm not going to say he's as good as Kyrie, but he's pretty close uh, without some of the, the diva problems, Wrong. I guess. I know some people were saying um, he's hard to work with, but uh, I think, yeah, I, I, think I, th I think what happens, I, I think what happens sometimes, Chelsea, is that when you call out players and you speak negatively about your team, that really impacts the younger players. And, and it's no doubt that, you know, in Boston, some of the younger players had difficulty mixing in with his, with his personality. And I think what happens when you go to, when you have that reputation, you come in, everyone seems to be a little apprehensive, kind of walking on eggshells, not knowing how to, how to get on his good side. I think a lot of that plays into the fact with playing with Kyrie after he created all that on his own in that time he had in Boston. Right. Uh, just to, um, Kind of recap for the second half of the season some of your leans when it comes to um, betting these nba games i know you talk about teams that are coming off back-to-backs what are some other patterns you look for when betting some of these games yeah one thing you noticed there was was the travel especially with some of these east and west coast teams when they play an east coast team playing out west and vice versa always i always look to play against teams that are coming back from long road trips. Like let's say they have a, a, a on the road for six, six days or, or six games and uh, they play at first home game. Usually they get one day off. That's usually a flat spot, uh, definitely a go against. And one thing to note here for those Midwest teams, these Midwest teams play a lot of one game homestands. Like they'll play two games on the road, come back for one, then play three games on the road. That home game now becomes a road game, which means they got to come home and play the home game, travel again, that's like a road game, so I don't count that as a home game. We saw Oklahoma City last year really, really tank because they had uh, three sets of one-game homestands late in the season, and it was really infecting their play, and that's one of the reasons why they struggled down the stretch. So for those Midwest teams, look for those one-game homestands. If they play a lot of those, that means they're coming home for, for one game and packed up and leave again. That takes a lot of toll on teams. Are there any teams that you're really high on this year when it comes to betting on them? Obviously, every game is different, and you need to take each situation uh, day by day, but are there any teams that have covered really well, well for you? Uh, you mentioned the Nets last year. I know the Thunder have covered a lot of games. Are there, there any teams that really stand out to you? Yeah, the teams that really, as you mentioned, the Thunder on the road has, has been a team that's been really good, good money here to, to play on. And of course, um, and you're looking at totals, well, actually teams that have been good go against have been Cleveland and Detroit. Let's talk about Detroit Pistons there for a second. This is a team that 
you know, they lose Markeith Morris. They're sitting out some of the star players. We use the word tanking. This may be one of the teams that look like to, to look to go against as uh, they've just been pounded on the court here of late. Of course, um, you know, the, the big man Blake Griffin is out. And uh, this, this is the team here. Detroit may be one that you look to go against. Minnesota Timberwolves is another team that has played very poorly, uh, especially with the injury here to Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, they're, they're vulnerable to a lot of overs, and they were on pace to go over again tonight. So that might be one to look at. The, the Timberwolves going over the total. And keep an eye All on right, Houston. We... When they play a team as, okay, Houston, when they play a team a second time, they may be a go against once teams figure them out. Huh. Uh, we've got a little time. We've got like a minute and a half. Uh, just interested. Who do you like in March Madness? I know you are so well-versed in everything. Basketball, college basketball. Anybody you like? Yeah, you know, obviously I was looking at, at uh, you know, Gonzaga did suffer that loss at BMW. This was, they were one of my teams to look at uh, in, in, in March Madness. I think an underdog that I'll keep an eye on is UCLA because UCLA is starting to win. I'm just talking about teams you can make money in the first and two rounds of the tournament. Some of the favorites are going to have trouble because sometimes they win and don't cover. But teams that you can, you can bet on early rounds, I would be one would definitely be UCLA Bruins because their defensive style and they're starting to come on right now. Tony T, big West Coast guy. <laughs> Finally, right, we got Tony something to T. talk about out here. I, I, know, I know our producer doesn't like to, would love to hear that, but it's happening, believe it or not. We were bashing UCLA not in football or in, in college basketball. I'm sure he got his attention. Well, and you now the Lakers are back to, to prominence as well. So that's always fun. Good for basketball. Uh, we want to thank Tony T for joining us. Always good stuff from Tony. And we will be back after the break on Picks and Parlays, wrapping up all of today's picks. Stick with us. Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. If you want to search me, you can search my name, or you can just type in my name for my handle. It's Chelsea Messenger. Uh, also, check us out on all of your favorite social media platforms, Picks and Parlays. Really easy to find. Right now, we're going to run down all of our picks from the day in case you weren't listening or in case you just need a little refresher, starting off with some tips for betting March Madness from Craig Trapp. Uh, first of all, don't put too much stock in your bracket. Uh, don't let your bracket picks cloud your judgment when it comes to game-by-game -game betting. Second of all, underdogs. Not only can you get a lot of value, but sometimes they actually win. Totals. Be careful. It's a little different when you bet the tournament. And also check out the coaching and the experienced teams when it comes to the tournament. It does matter. And also momentum, the hot teams, the teams that are getting hot at the right time. And also we've mentioned this is the most wide open year we've seen. And Creighton is our long shot play or Craig's long shot play. Uh, moving on to our daily basketball picks from Sean Higgs. He likes Louisville, Florida State. He likes the under in that one. West Virginia, Texas taking the under. And West Virginia at minus four and a half. Nebraska, Nebraska Illinois, excuse me, uh, taking the fighting Illini at minus 13 and a half. Oklahoma State, Kansas taking Oklahoma State to uh, cover plus 15. And finally, NBA picks, Bucks Wizards take the Bucks minus 12, Magic Nets take the Nets minus three, and Knicks Rockets take the Knicks plus, plus 14, Suns at Jazz take the under, 223 and a half is the play on that one. It's been a great show. 
Uh, you can join us every weekday for all of your sports betting needs. Also check out our website, picksandparlays.net for even more. And that's going to wrap it up for our show. Thanks for joining us. That's Picks and Parlays. Until next time, see you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.